time for Type 40, a Doctor Who podcast from the Spacebook for the Fandom Podcast Network. I'm Dan Hartley, Birmingham's King of the Geeks and your designated driver, and this time bargain hunter, ready to deliver Doctor Who conversation and content here on our free-speaking, big-thinking, eclectic show for everyone. That's whatever decade or century you started watching, reading, or listening along to those ongoing adventures of our hero, Doctor Who. We talk about it all on this show. All views are encouraged, and there could even be a few laughs along the way. So come and step into our TARDIS and share this journey together here with us on Type 40. <laughs> yes, back again with another great conversation. Fingers crossed as we plunge into the vortex yet again where are we going to end up this time what are we going to be talking about you'll have to wait and see but it's going to be a good one because we're back on the shop floor this time albeit a couple of time zones away talking collect collectibles and merchandise again with my playmate it's the lord of the pre-orders the mayor of all things merchandise <laughs> up in the doctor who loft it can only be JT. Hello, Dan. Thank you for that introduction. Here we are back in my special place, the world <laughs> I love. <laughs> Merchandise. Ooh, it's tingly. It's exciting. I love it. Do you, do you still get that thrill? Genu genuinely, that thrill from when we were children, when you'd open up a new sort of catalogue and you'd see a, a lot of toys, or you'd walk into a toy shop for the first time and you'd see what they'd got on the line of the shelf. Do you still get some of that sensation? Yeah. To an extent, I really, really do. Oh, I do mean, I? nothing's going to beat, you know, back in the 70s when you opened up your mum's catalogue and you saw the Dennis Fisher character action figures, for example, and you just went, I've got to have them! But, yeah. yes, with certain things now, although there is an expectation now, of course, because you, you can wear, you know, it's going to be books, it's going to be CDs, it's going to be Blu-rays, it's going to be, there's a pattern to it all now. But occasionally, just occasionally, something comes along where you think, oh, that's great, you know, that's exciting. Um, yeah, so occasionally I'll, I'll, I'll get those little twinges of just like, come on, yeah. And because I'm a merchandise fiend as well, because I love all my merchandise, you know, obviously it's a real great way to keep in touch with what's going on there and just seeing everything. It's, yes, it's fun, isn't it? Gotta have it, gotta have it. They call it FOMO now, fear of missing out. Yeah. It comes too much now. If anything that's happened with, uh, with merchandise since uh, the return of the show in 2004 into 2005, and then especially with the, the explosion of merchandise in 2006, you know, once upon a time you were able, believe it or not, to collect everything that came out. Now you can't. <laughs> you know, I find myself having to be measured. Um, and certainly, who knows what's going to be happening from 2024 onwards. Yeah. I remember a time where you could keep track of any new merchandise really, really easily. Just mm. the little list that you would keep in, in, your, in your wallet or your back pocket or a little folder, you know, I was really into stationery when I was a kid, pens, papers, uh, folders, have lists and I would, I would tick them off and that kind of thing. Now it's a little harder. I think now we need a spreadsheet, a loft maybe, or perhaps a store, all of our own. There are people out there who are inspired by Doctor Who to go into business and to uh, yeah, to line shelves, not just domestically, but from floor to ceiling, literally, not just with one of everything, but multiples of everything. And that's where... Thank you for long for them as well. <laughs> <laughs> well. That's where our guest comes in this time. All the way from America, I'm delighted to welcome 
a new best friend. Might get a couple of freebies if we kept, keep saying that one. <laughs> From who, North America? It's Keith Bradbury. Hi, Keith. Hello, everybody. Hi, hey. Keith. Thank you so much. Glad to be on the show. Really happy to be here. Welcome to Type 40. Yeah, I can't wait to hear some of your story because I can't imagine how you could get to a place where you would be surrounded by Doctor Who goodness from floor to ceiling literally all day, every day. We spoke to Alex from The Who Shop in Great Britain a few months ago now on the show, you know, an extraordinary character with a great story. And I suspect that you've got a very similar tale to tell, or maybe maybe you won't. But have you been a Doctor Who fan all your life? Well, uh, yeah, as soon as it started showing in the United States, uh, I was a big science fiction fan growing up as a kid. So, uh, you know, I grew up with Star Trek reruns. I was too whole, too, too too young for the very first episodes, but I grew up with Star, Star Trek reruns. Logan's Run, I loved the TV series. Yeah. I watched the TV series Quark in the 70s. And it's not anything to do with Deep Space Nine. It was its own series. So I love science fiction. Um, and, you know, and I caught uh, the first Star Wars movie in the theaters and just went, you know, totally over the top with Star Wars. So I grew up with that. Um, and then Battlestar Galactica, the, the 79 series, and then Buck Rogers in the 25th century. All those were some of my favorite shows growing up as a kid. I loved all those. And uh, then after Empire Strikes Back and after Buck Rogers, there was just kind of nothing on TV huh? until the PBS station said that they were going to show a new series called Doctor Who. And this was about 1981. Uh, my series. local yeah, yeah. My <laughs> local PBS station was going to start with the first fourth Doctor story, Robot, and and that's where they began. And it was about 1981 uh, in wow. Central Illinois where I started watching it. And the thing about Doctor Who is I, I instantly loved the show. I mean, I, I saw the very first episode of Robot, and then just you know kept on going and kept on going. Uh, you know, it was a big shock to me as a little kid when we lost Sarah Jane. At, you know, I was like, wait, when are you going to go back for Sarah Jane? You can't just leave yeah. her here. Series don't yeah. leave their main, main <laughs> character behind somewhere. Uh, you know, but then we moved on and. Uh, to uh, you know, to Leela and all the other things there. So you know, I, I was really wrapped up in Doctor Who. But being a kid in the Midwest, you couldn't get any Doctor Who product. I mean, there was no product. So I had all my Star Wars toys from Kenner. I had all this stuff, but I could never play Doctor Who. I could never pretend Doctor Who. I could build like maybe a little TARDIS out of Legos. That was about as close as I could come. And yeah. so there was always this thing where I was like, man, I would love to see the merchandise someday. Uh, and I went to a my first convention, probably about 1985, um, in St. Louis, Missouri. I didn't see any Doctor Who merchandise there either, other than books. You could get, you know, you could get the Target novels at the time. You know, the Pinnacle books were coming out. Those were the U.S. version oh, of the uh, yeah. Target books. Yeah. Uh, you could walk into a Walden books or, or something like that and find some Doctor Who books. Um, and then one of my comic stores nearby started having buttons, you know, like little buttons that you could, you know, that was the only Doctor Who stuff you could find. You couldn't find anything else. And so... That's patches over here, isn't it, Keith? Yeah, it's just... The patches here. There you go. <laughs> badges. Yeah, 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 yeah. Badges. Yeah, badges or buttons. Yeah, it's a little pin, yeah. pin badges. Yeah, yeah. Pin badges, yeah. Um, so, so, like I said, there was just nothing here. Uh, in the uh, 90s, of course, you had the TV movie, and that was kind of a big deal. I saw that when it aired. Uh, and the internet was just starting back at that time. And so myself and, you know, I, I started doing this entire website based on Doctor Who because I wanted to list all the episodes because I was really into the uh, uh, missing episodes at the time. Um, and and in the in the late '90s, we were starting to swap VHS tapes of the reconstructions. So I was watching all these reconstructions, the telesnap reconstructions <laughs> of the audio put with it. And they, you know, they started out really bad, but then Loose Cannon started doing some really great stuff. So I was really obsessed with that. 
And, uh, and as we got the internet and I started doing this fan base where we were chatting about the episodes and all that, and I was reviewing all the episodes, uh, I decided, you know what, I'm going to look over in the UK and see if I can find some of the companies making Doctor Who stuff. Keith, this is a rite of passage that certainly I've heard several times, different versions of over the years. I think wherever we are in the world, we have a similar relationship. We, we, we get in with sometimes it's other shows. I think in Britain, actually, more often than not, it is Doctor Who that starts us down that path because it's been going for so, so long. But as regards, you know, watching all those other shows back in the 70s, in the 80s, and it acted as a kind of entry-level drug almost to an entire world and and to access part of ourselves as well to to crave escapism and and merchandise acquiring merchandise celebrating merchandise and looking forward to new releases that's one major part of any kind of i suppose i don't want to use the word like franchise over because it's such a cold word isn't it jt intellectual well, yeah. properties know better one of these big properties that exists not just on screen but it in our hearts as well and in our homes that's all coming up later on in the show but in the meantime if you'd like to do some real-time traveling of your own each and every edition of this show past present and future is just a tap or two-way on the device of your choice but only if you know where to look there's well over 100 now reviews previews interviews geek outs and deep dives with all our regulars and some pretty awesome guests we know there's something for every fan at type40.podbean.com there'll be more about all of that a little later on as well as a moment to uh, connect with the matrix of all knowledge that we call the fandom podcast network for a word about all the other cult conversations going on across some of those other franchises that we talked about a moment ago over there okay it's, it's amazing really isn't it i mean you were mentioning there keith that you started watching robot in 1981 just as we're actually bidding adieu to tom how oh. how was how did you find this i mean how was it broadcast were they were, were the episodes broadcast daily or were they weekly like we had them traditionally here in the united kingdom uh, in, in, in central Illinois, where I lived, the uh, Champaign-Urbana PBS station was showing them Monday through Friday. Now, right. Chicago was showing them on Saturday and Sunday. So if you watched Monday through Friday, uh, where I lived, you were catching half-hour episodes. And then on Friday and Saturday, I could change the antenna and pick up Chicago, and I could watch the full stories they were showing up there when mm -hmm. I found out about it. So I was actually getting it seven days a week. Uh, so I remember... About that time, uh, they were, you know, showing uh, Space 1999 back to back with the Muppet Show. Uh, they uh, in the PBS station. The neat thing about that is, as they, you know, they had a really rabid Doctor Who fan base that was going on there. So PBS started looking for other shows to get, and that's where we started seeing stuff like Blake Seven, uh, Star Cops, um, you know, wow. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the original series, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the miniseries. Uh, we got, uh, you know, Blake Seven. I said, did I say Blake Seven? Oh, we, uh, we got uh, Red Dwarf. Uh, so all those things started really taking off uh, because of the fan base for the Doctor Who. Uh, really, really amazing to think that it just stemmed from, from a 1974 story, really, isn't it? That's brilliant. Another thing that unites us all really is that particularly when you're kept on rations for this stuff, so when you have to go and seek it out, you become more and more determined or resourceful, you know, whether it's to see reconstructions or just more episodes in whatever form that we have that we can, or just to see something that we liked a lot the first time. And we, we loved it when we were kids and it lives on in our memory. So we have to track it down again, have to see it again, all, all promoting that, uh, that simple love 
of of Doctor Who in this case, and that yeah, a connection that we have, I think, on a, on a really personal level, and how we expand on that can also be in very personal and idiosyncratic ways. I know you've got a great story to tell. Let's yeah, let's hear some of that now. Get stuck in with Keith Bradbury. Yeah, so JT, uh, you and I know, in fact, you more than most, <laughs> as a fan of this series of the Hooniverse, just as we uh, love the Doctor and the Daleks and, and everything, or the companions, everybody associated with the show on screen, and we want to be pulled into their world for, for 25 minutes every Saturday when we were kids, and however long it is now. But just as that's true, we're also compelled to bring them back into hours appreciating doctor who is not a, a passive thing and doctor who merchandising opportunities were famously seized in britain within months of the series beginning but it did take a little longer to begin overseas didn't it the reason that uh, doctor who merchandise took off as we all know was the huge success in late 1963 of the daleks and everybody wanted to have a dalek there were kids over here keith in the playgrounds at schools playing daleks and exterminating all their teachers it was just so fun and so what happened of course is that um the the, the license or rather the manufacturers that were around back in the day suddenly started producing licensed toys based around the daleks and that gave way to the bbc actually setting up a particular department which is now the mighty BBC Studios. So um, that's where it all started for all of us and certainly where it started for you in a sense as well. Yeah. And the, the really amazing thing about Doctor Who is that it was, the more I watched, the more I realized there was more there. Uh, because oh. with, with Star Wars, you know, by 1983, you had six hours worth of TV. I mean, six hours worth of movie and that's it. Uh, yeah. You had your, you had maybe your two Ewok adventures. You might have had your really bad cartoons. You may have had your Christmas special, uh, that Starways holiday special was terrible, <laughs> but you didn't have a lot of viewing hours of it. And the same was true with Battlestar Galactica. The same was true with Star Trek. I mean, we'd seen the reruns so many times, but oh. as they were going through the Fourth Doctor, when they got to the end, they went on to the Fifth Doctor, and that was a big shock uh, to all of us. But then they, you know, <laughs> they started going to get back the the old black and whites and start showing the old stuff so there was always more doctor who that you hadn't seen and it was an entire world that was so much bigger than yeah. anything in any other science fiction series that we just totally knew nothing about before that so but that's interesting you say that keith because it's always really eluded me how how doctor who has become successful in other countries i mean you're mentioning there that you were you were watching this show at a time where there was something called book rogers with some sort of rip-off computer in it um and you had you had all these american things what, what's that thing galactica Battlestar, or something ridiculous <laughs> like that yeah so all these other shows actually this funny little tea time show broadcast anywhere between five and six o'clock on a saturday afternoon in britain which had been going in 1981 by by you know 18 years you know you're watching all these big throw money at them glossy things glossy from, from your neck of the woods yeah but dan i, I what what gets them involved how what curious thing is watching it? this it really really is because you look at what you lot are all watching all those big multi-million dollar things and then you watch ours which is done on 10 pence what got you what really got you into it keith tom baker <laughs> ah <laughs> He was, he, you know, everything about him, he, you know, his, his, he's so much larger than life. He's so magnetic as a personality that there was no one like him on television. I mean, he drew everybody in. And I think that's one of the things that, uh, that really captured a lot of us, especially in the States. 
larger than life. I think he can be unnerving at times, but you wouldn't say he's scary. There's something very warm and inviting about, uh, benevolent, that's the word, is it? Benevolent about Tom, even with oh, the yeah. deep voice and the fact he's a very tall man. And, and, and it helps, I think, for the American audience especially, too, that he's very easy for us to understand. Uh, I mean, there's times like Eccleston or Sylvester McCoy are very difficult to understand because of their accents or their trills or, you know, when they mm. trill their R's. But uh, Tom Baker was was very clear, very, un very easy for us to understand. So it wasn't like some of the other British television that we'd, we'd seen, you know, where we kind of, you know, it's like uh, probably most of us had seen Benny Hill or, or Monty Python and that sort of stuff. That was our exposure to British TV. <laughs> and it was the funny accents. It was the funny walks. It was all that kind of stuff. Uh, but then Doctor Who, there was, you know, it was, it was like, it was the charisma of the main character. You know, you can't not watch him. And it seems to have really taken hold of your life in a pretty major way. You are the owner, the founder, the the day-to-day -day runner of Who North America, aren't yes. you? So what is Who North America? Where are you based and what do you do? Okay, well, Who North America is America's largest Doctor Who store dedicated solely to the show. Uh, it's located just outside of Indianapolis, Indiana, which uh, is in the Midwest. Our facility is about 3,200 square feet. If you, you have to convert that wow. to metrics for, uh, for <laughs> okay. UK people. We've been in business since 1998. Uh, that's when we started. Uh, and it all really just started in my uh, office on a shelf when I just basically I really wanted to get some toys. I still love toys. And so yeah. I wanted to get some Doctor Who toys. The company that was making the toys at the time was Daypole. And uh, that's our exactly. old thing. And so I contacted Daypole and they said, well, we don't really have anyone bringing any toys in the United States right now. But if you'll commit to buying a thousand dollars worth of merchandise or a thousand pounds, probably uh, we'll we'll be happy to supply you some. And so I talked my wife into it. And we were I mean, we were dirt poor at the time. So it was really kind of arm twisting going on with my wife. But she was <laughs> like, all right, if you if you think you can do something with it, go ahead. And so I did. And within a week, I had to order more. Everything just sold like that. No way. Within a week. Was, within a week, everything everything was gone. Did you have a background in, in sales, Keith? Well, other than I worked at a bookstore when I was in college and a couple of things like that. No, I had no, no, I, I was, I was doing other stuff at the time. I was just, this was just kind of me doing hobby stuff, learning the internet. Yeah. So I was, I had no interest to actually start a business. That wasn't why I was doing it. I was just mm. a fan of the show. And I figured if I can get some of this in, I can keep one for myself and then sell the rest. Uh. And that was kind of, you know, because I, I wanted to have some of this stuff that I never had as a kid. You, you took this stuff from Daypot. How did you sell it? Because you didn't have the shop back then, obviously. Where, where, no. How did you do that? No, uh, I, I had done that fan website I talked about where we were reviewing the episodes and people were actually in there chatting on things. And so I finally put up a page saying, I've got these toys. And if you want to buy them, uh, this is how you can do it. Okay. And we started out doing checks. And then we went to PayPal because PayPal was right then. This this is 1998. So this is yeah. when Amazon was still a bookstore. eBay had not gone public. We were back in those early days of the Internet. Mm -hmm. um, everything before that was 800 Trekker and their catalog. If you want to get Doctor Who stuff, it was in a catalog. And you paid through the nose for that kind of stuff. We oh, came really? with little overhead, and we were able to sell this stuff so cheap that people were just snapping it up like that. And you'd already yeah. got a captive audience. It's the equivalent of getting a mailing list together now, isn't it? When you, if you've built a, a little community there, you say, okay, you guys love this stuff. I can get you more of this stuff. Here's how. Yeah, and then and then from there it was big finish. Uh, they had they were not so, doing the Doctor Who ones yet, but they were doing the Bernie Summerfield. So we picked up uh, with some of the audios there. We were this, the first four audios is where we began with them. You know, oh no, it isn't, and uh, and those yeah. Yeah. Uh, on cassette. And then Ultimate Buckles was early, and so was Aqua Janeiro. I remember them doing watches. So uh, those were some of the earliest 
Doctor Who items that we had, and then Cornerstone trading cards. And then I talked to a comic book store that was near me, and I said, do you have any of the Doctor Who comics? So, oh, yeah, we got a box of them sitting in the back. Nobody buys them anymore. They, no, we don't even put them out for sale because nobody's interested in them. I said, I'll, I'll buy them all. And so I just started selling the old Tom Baker comics that were just sitting in a box in, mm -hmm. in the back of a comic store. Were they, they the Marvel were, ones? The original. And they're worth something now. Some of them are worth something oh, now, yeah. Keith. I hope, you, I hope you've got some in the shop. <laughs> um, I, I actually, I still sell them whenever I get them. So if I if I get some, I, I, I sell them at a reasonable wow. price. Wow. <laughs> because I've always tried to be reasonable. That's my, my job has never yeah. been to, you know, it, it's not, for me, it's not about the money. It's about the fan base and really trying to kind of be that conduit for them so they can get some stuff they wouldn't get otherwise. So, yeah. so you started very, very much as, as you said, as the internet was starting to take a route, getting them to us that little bit quicker. It sounds to me like you were a little bit ahead of your time here, Keith. Ah, well, <laughs> right time in the right place, I guess. It was, it was just kind of a personal obsession with me because I was like, I was wanting to find those missing episodes at the time. I remember in the late '90s, it was like, hey, the internet's coming in. We can find those missing episodes. All we got to do is advertise that they're missing and find out who's got them. You know, and that was how naive <laughs> we were back in the day. It's just like, you know, it's like, oh, there's our episode. You know, because I, I think they'd found one or two. It's like, oh, they're finding them in different places. We'll use the internet to to locate these things, and uh, and and of course. It was a very slow reveal. We had no part in any of finding. Of any course, episode, you would, but you were doing all this before Doctor Who ever came back to television. So yeah. it's one thing for it to have been a, a small cultish thing in the states that people may have seen, may have caught a few minutes off, but not might not have registered with them. A, a, a literal cult. Then it comes back to television, changes the ball game completely. But you've been in business the the entire time now, haven't you? Yeah. Over 20 years doing, doing this, you've yeah. seen all of these changes, and you've, you've expanded. You've expanded enormously. Yeah, yeah. It started out with, like I said, just a shelf in my office, and then it took up the hallway because I had stacks and stacks of Doctor Who books in the hallway, so our family and our children had to walk past these stacks of books and <laughs> pull them for, for orders. Then it took the garage. Then I had to get a uh, got a, a U store, which is one of those, you know, kind of, you know, storage facility type thing yeah. put stuff in there and had to oh, try yeah. to climb but i was going in the middle of winter with no heat in there and my hands were freezing i was using my hot um my uh shrink wrap gun to keep my hands warm because i could have barely wrap these uh packages and then i'd have to run them every day to the post office and that was my you know that was what i was doing every single day then we moved from there to a office and warehouse and then now we have a full retail facility and this momentum continued not just as people found out about you yeah. But as the series came back to television, the fandom started to grow again. How on earth did you keep up with this? Yeah, it was it was funny that, you know, because we'd been in business seven years when the new series kicked in. We were positioned very well and we were in a good position because a lot of people knew us. You know, I mean, you know, uh, a lot of the people from before that, you got to realize, you know, Nick Briggs was at, at uh, Big Finish. Um, you know, these other people, you know, we, we knew him from authors and you know, we knew Russell T Davies yeah. was before he was ever on Doctor Who. We carried his books. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we had a working knowledge of a lot of these people. And it was funny because uh, when we started getting stuff, basically some of the UK companies were contacting us saying, uh, we know you're selling Doctor Who over there. We want to make sure you carry our product. Wow. And that was a total change from... Yeah before where it was like i had to go dig 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 now yeah. there were companies that were coming to us and saying uh we got some new doctor who stuff you want to carry it and so, that's great yeah. <laughs> because they knew you'd got the customer base you you'd started yeah. to grow the connections you'd got longevity too yeah you know it's funny that we'd we just kind of moved into our big space when the new series kicked off uh which which just kind of was 
uh, you know, serendipity, if you want to say that. Mm-hmm. And it really? was a rocket going after that. And then now it's kind Fantastic. of back to earth a bit. I mean, you know, we're, we're nowhere near what we were like, say, first season of Eccleston, second, you know, through the second season of uh, Tenant. Those were kind of the highlight years. Then it dipped a bit, uh, really took a, it was really like hitting the brakes when the uh, year of specials came out. It's like everybody just went and watched something else. There's not new episodes coming out all the time. People just go and move on to something else. Uh, but then 50th anniversary year took off again, really big. And, and But then post that, it's been really, you know, kind of back down to we're still doing a lot more business we did than the first seven years ever but it's not where it was during those tenant you know echoes and tenant years when things were taking Got off. its peaks and troughs and you have to be i suppose quite aware of the market of what's what's coming next not just what's don't get into that don't get into that i meant more more lines of merchandise really you know right. what innovations were coming what licenses had been optioned what to expect and stay in tune with the fan base as well to hear what we are still talking about, what we, what we want. Right. And, and that's one of the things, you know, with this track record that we've have, we, we kind of know what people want, what people want long-term. And so as there've been issues with, you know, and I I hear that suppliers are dropping the license or whatever, Mm -hmm. if it's something that's really important, we'll buy a large stock of it because we know for years down the line, people are still going to want that particular item. It's like the disappearing TARDIS mug. Everybody wants a disappearing TARDIS mug. So we want to get enough because they dropped the license. And you've got the face to put it as well, haven't you? Because your story is so big. (laughs) We actually have approximately about a half million dollars worth of Doctor Who inventory for sale. That's our that's our wholesale cost. And you've moved lo- physical location. Was it three times that? Probably four times, I think. So th- this is the first property we've actually owned. This is this is our building. We're we're not under landlords any longer, which is a good thing. <laughs> did, so did you convert that from something else then into the into Who and A? Yes, yes. It yeah. was uh, Vincent Furs. It was a fur shop uh, back in the day. So wow. yeah, they sold fur coats, high end fur coats. This this was a high end building, uh, cedar walls absolutely gorgeous and it had been sitting vacant that they went out of business before 2000 and then we we bought we've been in you know we've we've been in here eight years now so uh it was sitting vacant for a long time nobody was uh you know i mean it's kind of it's a little bit out away from the city and things aren't growing as fast this way as they were on the northeast side but it was relatively close to us it was actually only eight miles from our old location so we're like you know that's a great building we can use that and it was it's been perfect for us so you know people, people drive here to see it you now we have people coming from uh, from everywhere to come see us so it's not just a store it's not just a warehouse it's a low-level tourist destination yeah it's well, a destination for the, for yeah uh, state of indiana promotes us uh, so does hendrix county the county really? where yeah they all put us in their stuff of things to do and see in indiana and yeah it's wow we have television stations come here fairly you know every once in a while and do stories so that's that's really good we've had all the local tv stations i've been on every local tv station here kind of a a figure not just a figure of the doctor who community but a figure of the community i would imagine everybody knows where that doctor who store is yeah it's unique it's uh, you know everything else is chain and we're just kind of something that's totally different and that's kind of what makes us an interesting place because you know, nobody wants to hear about your local Walmart, Walmart, <laughs> yeah, unless there's a shooting yeah. or something. You know? I mean, nobody wants to hear about, you know, what they've got because it's like Walmarts are everywhere. Um, right. But we're just kind of off the, you know, off the wall different. And, and, yeah, we get a lot of people all the time. 
is there really that you know that much business? You can have an entire store devoted to oh, this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> people people yeah. wonder that all the time. You know, I've had people think you're, you you probably aren't going to be in business much longer. Well, it's been 24 years. <laughs> I hope I'm still in business for a little longer. So I'm sure you will be because of course we've got the Renaissance coming for 2023 onwards. You know, we've oh, got yeah. the 60th anniversary to get through. Then of course we've got the, the the rebirth, if you like, with the with the shooty docs are coming through. Lots of stuff coming for him to promote him when it comes to merchandise. So, oh, I'm sure you're gonna be around for quite a while. And also kept very busy. Yeah, and, and one of the things that happened when the new series launched originally, I know this happened in the UK because we had close relationships with some of them, is that when the new series launched and uh, everybody wanted Doctor Who stuff, a lot of this, the places like 10th Planet and all that, started having real problems because now you could walk into other stores and get Doctor Who stuff. And, yes, and, and they the were, uh, um, you know, really facing a problem that, hey, the show's not supporting us anymore. They just want to be in B&M and places like Tesco's. They want to be in the big stores. They don't care about the little stores. Uh, so we're kind of writing that thing where, um, you know, you're not going to walk into Walmart here and find Doctor Who stuff typically. You can scrounge around some different big stores, maybe find something like the Funko Pops at different times or whatever. But mm -hmm. uh, we, we've been really able to hit that niche market and stay in that and not have as much competition as I know some of our brethren in the UK did during the new Absolutely. series. Launch. So, Absolutely. Because I'm sure a lot of you guys know Forbidden Planet, 10th Planet, and, and, and all those retailers on yeah. that end and had a history with them. And Yeah, these, these were long-standing uh, figures, I suppose of the Doctor Who community, we would see their adverts in Doctor Who magazine and, and uh, some of the some of the other fanzines and magazines too, things like uh, Dreamwatch and SFX, they would carry adverts for a lot of these places. And, uh, you know, if we were travelling around the UK, I don't know if this is the same for you, JT, if I knew I, I was going to Blackpool, for example, I'd make sure that I looked in at Thunderbooks. Mm -hmm. Well, Blackpool were always, for me back in the day, of course, we didn't need to go anywhere else because I just went to the exhibition. But yeah, I mean, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, we're, we're lucky because obviously with it being the show's home here, everybody grew up with it as well. So all these other bits and pieces you get. But you're right, Keith. And I, it's, it's interesting to see that, you know, where it affected our retailers, the, the show coming back, because it was mass marketed, all the merchandise that went through. It was available absolutely everywhere. And as I said before, you know, a lot of it was used as a loss leader to get people through the door. Mm -hmm. And it worked. Whereas it, for the smaller businesses, some of whom aren't actually with us anymore now, unfortunately, because... Yeah partly because of that effect the backlog there and i just hope it doesn't happen again next year and the year after but you you do have that monopoly there you're, you're able to stock absolutely everything and then keep it in stock and not discard it very quickly because you know well somebody's going to want that at some point oh yeah and and in those early days 10th planet and the who shop both helped us get product supplied us with stuff we'd get it from them uh you know i, I mean a sci-fi collector.uk and and different oh, yeah. You know, yeah i mean i just a lot of different ones who are doing the doctor who stuff you know stamp center you know they would they would help us get doctor who product so they were actually helping us get the things that we couldn't get normally and and everybody wanted it so it didn't matter if it had doctor who on it you know we we, we could you know it was moving through here really quick and doing very well so that's what's your uh, best sellers keith every month we sell um the, the magazine when it comes out so doctor who magazine has been a long-standing thing that we sell every single month uh wow. so um we moved through that uh in store uh mugs and t-shirts are some of the biggest sellers uh, that's that tends to be the biggest stuff online everything that people buy online is totally different than what people buy in store when people oh, come really? in the store, oh, okay. they want stickers for their cars they want mugs and they want t-shirts when people are ordering online they want the toys action figures and and uh, the eagle moss and and that sort of thing so it's two totally different uh, uh groups of people 
uh, that buy things. I don't sell hardly any toys in store. You'd be really surprised. People don't come here and buy stacks of toys, but they do come in here and they'll pick up the, uh, you know, the the socks, Doctor Who socks. We sell yeah. a lot of Doctor Who socks. You know, they'll they'll all want a, a Tom Baker scarf or whatever. I mean, that kind of stuff will sell in store clothing items, uh, but online it's a totally different market. So it's it's there's two markets we're we're uh, catering to, and it's it's an interesting you know, it's interesting that uh, that difference there. Well, that's amazing. That's initially quite surprising, but I suppose it's the way that the world has changed, the, the way that shopping has changed, and also the rise of geek culture generally too. Doctor Who's fortunes have sort of uh, peaked and troughed as well, but geek culture does seem to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Practically everybody says they're a, they're a geek, and I suppose with your dual status... <laughs> as as a tourist destination as well as a merchandiser you've got people who say oh yeah I, I went there you know I, I may not know much about this show but that looks fun that looks cute i'll have that it's something to talk about something to remind me of my trip or whatever too you've got that value as well yeah it's been it's been a fantastic thing because I, I love meeting people it's one of the the best part of being here is seeing people's eyes light up when they walk in and see the tardis i mean it's just one of those things uh... where that's i love to see people's reaction or they when they see the daleks and stuff like that because they don't see that in real life. They don't get to no. see that sort of thing. And it's, it just, you know, that's what you do it for. Uh, I mean, there are some things about this, this store that I absolutely despise every day, for <laughs> every day of the year. I have to listen to Christmas with the Dalek coming in on our, our playlist <laughs> every <laughs> single day of every single year for the last, how many years? Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, JT, that we hear that. versions of this story <laughs> quite regularly. Don't when we talk to, when we talk to other fans, but not so much with the Christmas with the Dalek. Uh, Thanks to tape, Keith. In the equation. Yes, the new tape. <laughs> My wife said I've got to keep it on the list because she likes the song. Oh, good grief. Okay. It hasn't really damaged our relationship that much yet, but you never know. <laughs> I think it's wonderful as well. I mean, you mentioned that you've got your, 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 your TARDIS in there. With you being in America, People that come into your shop uh, mustn't see things like the police box or the Daleks around as much as we do in the UK because you can go practically anywhere in the UK to this moment in time as well, especially a BBC building of which they are scattered throughout the UK and you can see a police box or you can see the Dalek presence in there. We've got various exhibitions and museums traveling around the country where you can go and see all the props from the series. So it must be wonderful for them to come in and actually see the TARDIS in there. And uh, Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, having some life-size things has always been one of the cool things about the story, you know, because people get to see it up front and close and personal. We get people all the time saying that they saw our, our, our big sign right in front of our store, and yeah. they saw the TARDIS on it, and they spun around and came in. You know, and they, <laughs> yeah. they get that all the time, saying, oh, we're just driving by, we're heading toward the airport, and we saw that, and it's like, you know, because we're actually on the, on the route from the middle of the southern part of the state to the airport, uh, Indianapolis <sighs> International Airport. Uh, you so are responsible for people missing many, many planes. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of people who Uber over from the airport. You know, they got a little layover and they Uber over. And yeah, it's only 15 minutes from the airport. There's no traffic between us and the airport. So, I mean, you can Listen, come in here. And spend where do time. you get this from? We're, we're, we're currently uh, seeing a picture there for people that can watch us on the YouTube channel. We're seeing a picture of your police box. You do have the Dalek uh, as well. Where yeah, we do you get a police box? We build it. <laughs> so, yeah, we built that designed it for uh, conventions because we'd go to uh, you know conventions like Gen Con and things like that and uh, we we made it so that two sides are the TARDIS the other side is actually a product display so if you were to look at the other side it's actually an oh, product and 
the reason we did that is because, you know, floor space is a premium at a convention, but everybody wants to see the TARDIS. So we put the TARDIS, and the thing is huge. I mean, you're talking about with the light on top, and it blinks, and it goes off and everything. And, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it stands pretty much over all the, you know, the banners and, you know, because how big it is, it's, you know, what, over eight foot. So, you know, it, it was really good for that. Now, we don't do conventions any longer, but uh, that's where it all started for. We just needed something that would really draw people and let them know, this is Doctor Who here. <laughs> and that I was it. I do admire the audacity of everything that you seem to do with this store, from that tiny acorn of you needing to get a, some stock out of the house yeah. so that people could <laughs> walk around in there, now to owning this warehouse full of, full of Doctor Who stock and, and a TARDIS too, and, and being a genuine tourist destination for people, it really is quite quite a story, Keith. What, have you got a particular highlight of all your of all your years so far? Um, well, I mean, we've we've done we've gotten to the point where we've done quite a few different events with different actors, which has been kind of where you know you wanted to do things eventually. So the Fifth Doctor and the Seventh Doctor, Sylvester Coyne, Peter Davison, uh, Caitlin Blackwood has been to our shop, this shop. And did a signing, so it was really fun. She's young Amy right. Bond, um, yeah, of course. Yeah. So Sophie Aldred, we've done some stuff with her. So that's kind of the cool things. A lot of times we were asked to show up at conventions where Doctor Who actors were. Yeah. So when Wizard World was having David Tennant and Matt Smith and all that, they would basically say, "Hey, we'd like for you to come and sell some Doctor Who stuff at fantastic. our convention." So we started doing a bit of that. Uh, one of the things it's we lovely found that out people is- come to you rather than you having to go to them. Yeah, they they were, yeah they were coming to us uh, you know and asking us to be a vendor because you know they really wanted to push Doctor Who and they knew we were a big Doctor Who supplier. and they know you've got the stock. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so we did that. Um, one of the things about like the big conventions like Wizard World is people end up spending so much money on the tickets and the the autographs. I mean, you're talking about a couple hundred dollars just to get David Tennant's autograph. And if uh, mm. if Billy Piper is there or if you know. Uh, um, Donna Noble, you know, one of the other actors or actresses is there, then it even goes up further. So people weren't really buying a lot of merchandise at the at the shop. Not enough to make it worth our while to do a lot of those things. Because Wizard World and and was just charging an arm and a leg. I mean, you've got your ticket price, then you got your autograph price on top of it. And the yeah. average family would spend four or five hundred dollars just to go to a convention yeah. and get his autograph and maybe a photograph. So they're not going to spend fifty, sixty, seventy dollars in our shop because they're already spent all this money. So we kind of stopped doing conventions for that very reason. And if we do something, we kind of want to do it on our own to where it's like you know we've got a little bit more of control of what's going on. That, that's the whole problem. I'm glad you said that, Keith, because that is a real concern at the moment. How you know you're absolutely bang on the nail. People are going to be spending so much for a ticket, then they spend so much just for a scroll on a photograph. They're paying for the photograph as well. You're looking at yeah. hundreds and hundreds of pounds just for a day if you know more so for a weekend right and they're not really thinking about people like you that are giving up time away from your business you're traveling so you've got your travel expenses you're bringing all the stock there you're setting up you've got possibly a member of staff with you as well it's a you know and selling and doing that and they're taking away some of the money for yourself for that very reason and i think people need to start listening to that a little bit more across the across the world really because that's all that's become isn't it that industry yeah, it, it's it's like uh, Gen Con was one of the biggest ones. It's a local convention here in uh, Indianapolis, uh, and we needed four ten by ten spaces to to display everything. Yeah. Uh, by the time we're done uh, with Gen Con, we spend just on the booth space and internet and everything alone because we have to have all that over ten thousand dollars. Woo! Just and you're not getting a return on that. Just a to display. Commitment. 
yeah, and and because you can't get new doc, Doctor Who product any longer in a lot of places, because a lot of these, you know, they're they're not, you know, a lot of the licensees have dropped their license. Yeah. Uh, you're just giving the product away by the time it's done, because even if you break even, breaking even is not what it's about, because you can't replenish no. this stuff any longer. So yes. it's really why we're just a lot more internal now than we, we used to be. I mean, it's we've grown to the point where we want to be internal and and do our thing, and you know. Yeah. Yeah, we love to be at a lot more conventions where the actors are at <clears throat> because, you know, we want to support the actors. But it's it's just it, for us as a vendor, it's like, yeah, you can't really you can't really be part of that world any longer, which is sad. But, you know, that's how things have changed in the last few years. So, yeah. so you say sad, but you do sound very energized by what you do. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love doing I used to love doing conventions because I see a lot of people had, you know, hadn't, hadn't seen for a long time. You know, there's a lot of the same people who kind of go to this stuff. And, and a lot of the people who sell other things are big Doctor Who fans. So you'd always kind of see some of the same people. And some yeah. of these people were big publishers or Will Wheaton would always come by because Will Wheaton of, of Star Trek Next Generation, big Doctor Who fan. He'd buy stuff from us. Brent Spiner would come and buy stuff from us. So, you know, you have all these. I don't mm. want to name drop, but it's like you'd get. Some, yeah, it was kind of cool. You get these That's people. Nice. I mean, the, the guy who played uh, Darth Maul, like, forget his name. He came into our everything right. right. you know, and hung out and chatted for a bit. So, I mean, you know, you, these a lot of these people are real Doctor Who fans and and, yep. and you kind of rub shoulders with people like that. It's kind of, it's kind of fun. You know, John Reese davies I think, spent an hour and a half talking about he needs to talk to his manager about getting on Doctor Who because that would be great. So, you know, so, <laughs> I mean, I, and it was delightful chatting with you. Know, so it's like you get that at a convention where you don't get it in our store. Um, but in the end, you know, it's like you can't afford it any longer, unfortunately. So it's but it was fun, you know, brushing shoulders with a lot of different people who you find out oh, they're a Doctor Who fan. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing because we're everywhere. Yeah. It's frightening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Literally everywhere. Are you open? Are, do you open seven days a week? Six days a week. We're open Monday through Saturday. Yeah. We're closed on Sundays. So there's no shipping on Sundays. So it's it, it, that, you know, half of our business is online. Half of our business is in store. And we need both to be functioning as far as, you know, normal business and everything like that. And, and so we get a day off when the, when there's no shipping going on. So Sunday's our day off. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. We're talking about a little bit of time off. I think that it's time that we nipped out for lunch, flip that little sign, but we'll be back in a mo. Of course we will. And we're going to shoot you off into a parallel universe, which is filled with unmissable geeky talk and amazing analysis courtesy of our friends on all those other shows across the fandom podcast network here's a few words about all of that then you can meet keith jt and myself back here for more talk about who america with keith and maybe a tour we're going to go extra dimensional we're going to have a nice tour around keith's store too you're not going to want to miss that we're back in a couple of minutes Thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying this podcast. Here are the other great shows on the Fandom Podcast Network. Culture Clash, where we discuss the latest in entertainment and pop culture. Blood of Kings, our show covering the entire Highlander universe. Couch Potato Theater, we celebrate our favorite movies. And Time Warp, our fandom flashback show discussing a year in movies and our favorite retro movie, TV, and pop culture topics. Good evening, discussing all things Alfred Hitchcock. Hair Metal Podcast. We cover the rock metal music of the 80s and early 90s. Type 40, a Doctor Who podcast discussing the time-traveling Doctor Who universe. Lethal Mullet, an action film podcast covering the 80s, 90s, and beyond. 
Also, check out the Lethal Mullet Network for more great podcasts. What a Piece of Junk, our Star Wars podcast. Making Treks, a Star Trek podcast with a deep dive into the final frontier. The Fandom Show, our Fandom Podcast Network live YouTube show discussing the hottest topics in fandom. The True Believers MCU podcast discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Television Universe. Union Federation, our Star Trek and the Orville show. And we're proud to welcome the BQN Network to the Fandom Podcast Network. Please visit our friends on the BQN Network, a Star Trek universe podcast that also includes your favorite topics, movies, history, superheroes, and more. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on YouTube. The Fandom Podcast Network is also on all major podcast platforms. The Fandom Podcast Network audio master feed is on Podbean at fpnet.podbean.com. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can email us at fandompodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, respect others and enjoy your fandom. Yes, we've teased and tantalized you there, and we can even clove you too. There's merch to match all of those shows, including Type 40. If you head over to tpublic.com, search for the Fandom Podcast Network, and there you'll find another store full of all the team colors for all of those podcasts on everything from T-shirts to phone cases, and all the way up to enormous tapestries. Seeing is believing. Treat yourself, treat your other selves, and it all goes to support the Fandom Podcast Network into the bargain. So everybody wins uh, keith's still open for business and of course keith is going to give us a tour of his store and we're going to see some of the wonders that lie within his within his doors within his walls if we just give him a moment or two i'm excited you, keith? Come in, keith. i'm excited Come in, keith. okay so what we're looking at now is uh, yeah keith's the, in the inside of yeah. keith's store here so we got tons of doctor who mugs jammy dodgers jelly babies some Daypole figures there still. Latest of the Big Finish CDs. And if you are interested in Big Finish CDs, we've got lots of Big Finish CDs. Can you hear us now? Now I can hear you. Yes. There we go. Brilliant. Okay. And uh, this is, of course, of our DVD section. We've got DVDs and Blu-rays over through here. Lovely. And do they, are they constant sellers for you, Keith? Oh, yes. Yeah, we sell lots and lots of DVDs and Blu-rays. T-shirts. Physical media still a draw. Other oh, T-shirts you were talking about there. Lots and lots of them. Yes, lots and lots of t-shirts. I can actually show them. So lots of things over there. Let's go down this aisle over this way. Oh, good. Do, do you have a do you have a changing room? <laughs> uh, well, we've got full-length mirrors. I'll show you those in a second. That's even, even uh, better. Here you can see some of the pop figures we've got. Uh, most of them are the latest. Uh, then there's some Titans. Uh, As a collector, I love the way everything's presented. It's all face out. It's all looking neat. It's very attractive. I just want to come along and mess everything up as I go through all your work. <laughs> like, absolutely gorgeously presented. Oh, you're one of those. <laughs> I am, love. Yes. Oh, look, turn to, turn to the right. Turn to the right. Turn to the right. Let's have a look at that. What have you got in stock there? Okay. Now, look, Facebookers, what we're seeing at the moment are the much sought after in the UK Sarah Jane Adventures character options ranges they are really 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 rare in this country i haven't oh, yeah. seen any of those for years do i spice some of the ex allegedly exclusive b and m range character option figures there keith uh and you know, <laughs> we got this one so i know in the b and m had had this one originally we got all yes they did yeah them. yeah um but yes i do have some of the b and m's uh here we go eighth doctor yes. and tenth doctor right there 
Oh, there's the robot looking gorgeous. Oh my goodness me! Look at all those. Ter- you can reach out. You, you can almost you can almost touch these things. It's absolute agony. There is absolute <laughs> problem at the moment because I can almost. Oh look, there's a Dapol 25th anniversary set. I am yeah. almost at my credit card uh, right now, Keith. I remember <laughs> that set coming out. The the Dapol one. Yeah. 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 I've got that. Lovely. Oh, here's where, here's Wonderful. Where I, I have to straighten something. Somebody messed something up. Uh, it's only when you see. Such as your Dalek there. I notice you've got a Dalek at your entrance. Yes. It's only when you see that, because it's a little hard to gauge exactly how big the store is. But when you mm. see something like a Dalek, which most of us fans have been around, an everyday item, you think, okay, that is that is huge, yeah. <laughs> Gorgeous. Absolutely fabulous. All right. I've seen the masks hung up and everything. Yeah, I, I haven't seen anything like this in the UK for for a long, long time. I think the the Who shop is pretty much the only one, the yeah. only one left that I can think of. Yeah. Is that is that a fur coat? Is that left over from the previous store? Oh no, it's a leather jacket. There we go. No, that is a yeah, that is a war doctor <laughs> leather jacket. And it's probably one of the most expensive items in the store. Do you find that you sell much of the the merchandise that uh, has got the Union Jack on it? The stuff that's quite British and and th- and um, like has that national identity. Oh yeah, yeah, we we do some of that. I mean, it's not a huge thing. Most people are wanting something that's kind of specific. Here you can see some of the socks. Those are a big deal. Lots of people socks. like those. Or you can get your boat socks and sign. Absolutely fabulous. So, yeah, here's here's where Blake Seven and Red Dwarf and everything else like that is over in this side. And that's something that we need to point out. The fact is that you do have you you, you actually spun off into the other um the, the other science fiction uh, films and shows, haven't you? You've got you've got stuff there. It's not just all Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, and and Torchwood. This is the Torchwood section here, and then small. we do have a, a sizable book section. This is the nonfiction side on that side. Look at that TARDIS. It looks spectacular. It really does, doesn't it? That that's that's such a clever idea. If you've got the space, that's how you want to present some of the um, the, 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 the merchandise you can get. Gorgeous. See, I have to have on that. Uh, have to have the Fort Doctor outfit out there, where we can see. This is our museum section. Now I'd seen this because I've been on your website you? and I'd seen talk of a museum. Well, how on earth did this come about? I could probably fill out twice as much cabinets. I've got a lot of the stuff in storage. I can't get it all out yet. Uh, is this your personal yeah. collection, Keith? Well, I technically say it belongs to the store, but the store, I own the store, so yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. You see all the big it's items on top. Slightly different yeah. atmosphere. You've got the black cabinets. You've got the uh, you've got the lighting there, the, the glittering, almost Christmassy lights. I, I don't know if you can see at the very top on the one section, there's the green alien baby from Delta and the Bannerman. That's kind of an interesting little item. The actual prop from the story. As far as I know. From the, yeah, from the greatest Doctor Who story of all time. <laughs> you got Cassandra up there. <laughs> oh, you got to laugh. I do need to take you down this way. Ah. <laughs> See, even the brick wall, though, looks like it could be the location of a 1970s Doctor Who story. So oh, remember the, the Daleks. It, you know, it, it Dalek, has and you've got yeah. the uh, uh, Earthshock era Cybermen. Proper Cybermen. Yes. Yeah, cool. It's a good one. And then let me take you over this way just for a minute. I mean, look at the size of this space bookers. Uh, and if you're, if you're listening on the podcast, come and watch us on the YouTube show. This place is mahusive. <laughs> Where are you taking us now? Where are we going? I was just wondering that. There can't be more. There can't <gasps> be another wing. Another wing. Ah, there it is. I don't know what he's talking about, but I recognize that Doctor Who pinball, pinball machine. I remember those being in yeah. the pubs back Do in the Do you know 90s. what? This, 
This is what gets me. I remember playing those in pubs here in the UK in the 90s. Yeah. And there is one live and flashing beautifully and looked after so well in America. Who would have thought it? That's on free play. So people get to come here and play it. They don't have to put coins in anything. So. Oh, wonderful. And a generous I noticed you've got a seating area there, Keith. Now, what goes on there? Now, we keep oh. some games that people can play while they're here. And, and uh, yeah, the Doctor Who Risk is open and the Doctor Who Monopoly. And sometimes people will play those while they're here. How oh, fab. A little wall here of autographs and different things. That... I think if I ever do make it over to the States, I've got to come and see this. I would love to go there. I would spend an entire uh, couple of days in there, actually. But, you know, I would spend a lot of money with you, Keith. I really would. <laughs> Uh, 1965 Dalek played at the time. So 1965 uh, Dalek oh. up there. I'm reassured to see some things that I do own, but there's lots of things that I've never even seen out in the wild at Peter Davison jigsaws in particular. There yeah, is the bottom a nursery Dalek. Uh, you can see the blue nursery yeah, Dalek there at yeah. the very bottom. Yeah, yeah, got those. Fabulous. Yeah. yeah, and there's the da the Daypole stuff. Daypole. Oh, and the Dennis Fisher stuff. You've got a Dennis Fisher Cyberman. I hate you. Give it to me. <laughs> I am Jeff, missing the Cyberman it. and the Dalek from my Dennis Fisher collection. I've got everything else. How often do you dust? Gets through the Mr. Sheen, I would imagine. Industrial I can't be bothered size. a lot of the time, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's why he's got display cabinets, so it, he can just sort of wipe the wipe the doors down. There's a yeah. Earthshock Cyberman gun, Sontaran spacecraft. My God. Uh, you've got to go and visit this. If you are in America, you know, you've got to make your way down there or connect with Who NA. I mean, look at all this lovely stuff that you can see there. And then the other side of the place, you can go and shop and get some great stuff from here in the UK. That We we, we do take an awful lot of our stuff for granted over here, of course. I mean, I've seen I a lot so. of the Toys R Us exclusive there as well for the 50th anniversary. How wonderful. One of the bigger figures over here. Yes. It, I'm so impressed that you managed to, that, you know, all these people came over to say to you, can you stock all this, Keith? It really is an achievement. And then just some fun, over here are some of our custom figures. So you can oh. There's a TARDIS Optimus Prime in there, and there's a... When we have it a does feel like they're traveling the decades of Doctor Who fandom looking across, across Keith's shelves uh, here. Certainly lots of items that, some that I do own and some that I've always wanted, and some that I'm happy to covet for the rest of my days. So, yeah. <laughs> Lots of fun stuff. So, you know, we're really happy. We're happy with the shop. It's like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely building and, and uh, we're, we're really happy that we can show people everything that we've got here. So, so. What's the name of your Cyberman? Does he have a name? Uh, you can call him Bob. I was convinced he'd have a name. You still enjoy collecting then for, you, for yourself too, Keith? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's always stuff I, I, I end up looking for. Uh, most of the stuff I like um, anymore probably trying to find is, is 70s uh, uh, fourth Doctor items. Those are the ones that I'm kind of really, you know, really into just because that's when I started yeah. it. Uh, but I also, uh, I don't have any of the early 60s uh, Mark's uh, Bagatelles, so that would be one thing I'd love to have in the museum. Yeah, they're, they are unique. And when you look at the stuff they're churning out today, they stand alone because they are all done by hand. The colors are gorgeous. I've only ever seen one in my, in my life, actually, Keith, just to let you know, and that was actually at a collector's fair Similar to what you've got there, it was just show, purely for show. They wouldn't sell it at all, but it was in beautiful condition. Right. Gorgeous things that you just don't tend to get these days. That's it. If you like, uh, I will go switch back to the other one, and, and you guys can chat for a second. Can't thank you enough for showing us around your store there. The 20 years' worth of, of growth in, in retail in such a, it's such a niche area as well, JT. And, and to be with the, with the property, with the franchise, 
through this this transformative period you know we've watched it from from the sofa and you know you you're a big collector I, i'm a reasonable collector i have a collection but to see it all laid out like that i don't know that's kind of awe-inspiring it makes you it makes me want to go and sort of check out have i got this have i got that have get it all out the way that you have you think oh no I'm, I'm letting myself down here by not having enough out on display there's there's that side to it too but it yeah. does it, when you see it all lined up that way the, the legacy, the lineage of Doctor Who and, Do- yep. and Doctor Who merchandising really does hit home. And just as you said, all those miles away, all those time zones away. It's all there and it's in America. And it's a great now that to be able to be able to say, when somebody says to me when they're in America, where can I get this from? I know exactly where to send them. And I know it's probably going to be in stock with Keith. That's wonderful. But again, just the presentation of, of the shop there, uh, as well as the stock, looks fantastic. It's exciting. I can just feel, you know, be, I, I would get excited as soon as I walked through the doors there and was met by Keith and his lovely staff. I would just be like, okay, you lot don't matter for a minute. I'll see you in a couple of days. Whoosh. You <laughs> <laughs> just want it to be a destination experience. You know, you walk in and there's there's always something you can do. And no matter how yeah. long you look, you're going to miss something because, you know, there's so much stuff to look at on the walls and everywhere. It seems yeah. to me like we, we've seen your your shop, we've seen your museum, we've heard mm. about your your fandom, and we've heard about the relationships that you've got not just with other retailers, but with with the licensees, the people who make Doctor Who items as well. But is there any item, any idea that you have harboured for I don't know the last year, the last five years, ten years, or even twenty years, an item, a line of merchandise, or just just one thing where you think to yourself, I can't believe they've never produced this. Well, to be to be perfectly honest, the one item that I really wish they did produce yeah. that they actually did a, uh, a mock-up of is the uh, uh, they did a Dalek play case. They did and released that. That was fantastic. It's one of the yes. best Doctor Who items ever. Uh, they also did a mock-up of the TARDIS that would open up with the little figures, the Master, and and, and all yep. that. I wish they would have done that and released that. I, I love those micro figures with with the little dalek rollican type things in them they, they were the fantastic that was just the, the bluebird stuff yeah the bluebird yeah brilliant. yeah i think it's one of the most ingenious toys and i believe stephen walker is the one who designed that and of course he's doing the uh space the Nine Nine eagles and yeah. that sort of thing yeah. so yeah so yeah he's quite the designer <laughs> yeah 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 who na who north america is open for business of course if you're in the area go go and see keith is it just is it just you or do you have a a game set of companions there that that uh, help you out it's usually me monday through friday uh doug is here on saturdays to help out too and then uh, we've got a couple people who actually help out on different events and things like that who are regulars so you know there, there's a couple people but during the normal week it's pretty much manageable by me there have been times in the past where we had to have more people just because the amount of stuff we were putting out but it's it's not that level any longer so you know it's just and now as, but as you manageable. said your, your business is 50 your business is 50 percent in store and 50 percent online so tell us about your That's website right. Yeah, um, and and as you go into the website, uh, the first section you see with the Doctor Who items uh, is going to be what's the latest items that have come out. Uh, so you know your recent releases are all the things that are probably within the last month that have been released. So if we've got the latest Doctor Who magazine, it should be on there along with any new DVD or Blu-ray releases that have come out. Uh, and then as you go to different uh, subcategories, you'll find uh, more deeper into our inventory of what we've got, and that's how our website has always been arranged is that uh, if you want to find the actual what yeah. all we have you just go into the section that interests you so if you want to see all the action figures toys and games we've got you go to that once you're in there there's another section for all the five inch character options toys and they'll all be there that everything we've got in stock 
yeah, it's always up to date. Obviously, the profile <laughs> of the profile of Doctor Who in the states. It's uh, let's keep this diplomatic. It's been higher, hasn't it? But we are yeah. on the threshold of of that renewal that JT was talking about earlier on. And obviously, these things can't happen overnight. But here at Type Forty, we're hopeful for a 60th anniversary, which is going to to reignite the flame with a lot of people who forget who've forgotten how much they love the show, how much it means to them. Certainly in Britain, I think that translates all over the world. What what are your thoughts? How are you looking forward to the 60th anniversary there at at WNA? And have you got anything planned? Any anything you're going to do in the store to mark the momentous anniversary? Oh, I'm glad you asked that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to what they're doing. Uh, when Doctor Who was doing well with the new series in the United States, uh, it was when it was on the Sci-Fi Channel, back to back with Stargate SG One. That was kind of their flagship program at the yeah. time, and, and and people would tune into that and catching Doctor Who, and that's really when it took off in the states. Yeah, it was on BBC America, but that was a much more limited cable channel. Sci-Fi Channel at the time was doing real well. Of course, we're past the days of cable. And mm-hmm. now we're in streaming services. Disney Plus is one of the biggest streamers uh, in in the world. That Netflix and Amazon Prime; those are kind of your big three. So now that's on one of the big threes. That's actually probably good. You know, I don't think there's going to be you know a lot of control by Disney because Disney's let all their properties kind of go whatever which direction. Most of them downhill. So, so I think Russell T Davies will be able to handle things okay uh, because uh, I don't think he's going to you know sabotage his own show. No. Um, no so I'm, I'm not one of these people who are negative on it. I think actually it's going to bring it to a wider American audience again because since Capaldi, very little availability of it on U.S. stations as far as being able to see it. So that's that's actually good for streaming services. Uh, for the 60th anniversary, uh, we do a big event every year called Doctoberfest. And so for the 60th anniversary, our Doctoberfest will be bigger than ever. So uh, that'll be coming up in 2023. Uh, there was yep. 2022s, and we just did this this past year. So, How was it? How, I mean, what's it involve? Uh, tell us a bit more about that, especially for those of us that you know are, are out of America. Yeah, uh, Doctoberfest uh, is a, it's kind of a festival, family fall festival. Uh, it's almost like a small mini convention as well. Uh, and this year's was the first time we did it in two locations. We had both the store and we had a hotel oh, eight miles oh. away. So we used all the ballrooms at the hotel and their hallway to have vendors and have Zoom call guests. Uh, so we did that over there. And then we offered free shuttle service throughout the day. So you could come here, get on the shuttle service, go over there. It was a really nice shuttle service. Uh, it was owned by a limo company. So all the seats inside were leather. It could handle 30 people plus. <laughs> it was just absolutely gorgeous you know, and, and just nice uh, shuttle service between the two. He thinks of everything, JT. <laughs> I think how many people did you get along to this year uh, several hundred I'm not sure exactly, exactly wow. there were a lot of people here a lot of people there and and again they're 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 constantly moving back and forth between the two locations we only sell tickets for the panels and zoom calls so if you want to see the panels and zoom calls because we have to pay the actors and everything like that you, you have mm. to buy a ticket everything else for the shopping doesn't cost you anything. You can go into the vendor hall there at the hotel. You can come into the store and shop. There's there's no ticket required for any of that and stuff. So. Oh, it sounds brilliant. Really, yeah, it's really a one brilliant. day only thing. So it's a, it's just a one day event, and it's like a mini convention. So it's it's a lot of fun. Um, and then yeah. uh, we also have uh, games that people get to play to uh, win tickets, which they can redeem for prizes. So uh, you know you, you buy tokens, go play the games, and, and then that. And then we have a balloon animal person outside doing balloon mm-hmm. animals. And oh my god. <laughs> It makes me want to come over. I just don't know where Indiana is. I mean. 
I can imagine there's a lot of people listening and watching to watching this who are thinking, you know, I wish I, I wish I could get there. I feel like I'm missing out. This all sounds fantastic. Where can they keep updated about? You see, you've got you've got this event that's coming next year. There's all of that. Where is the best place that they can keep track of what you're doing as well as find out where you're based, what's in stock, which social medias do you do? Where where can they connect with you? Well, you can always use our forum. It's on our top of our website. There's a link there to the forum. That's always a good one. And our, our website, uh, our, also our Facebook is uh, very active as well. So uh, that's uh, facebook.com slash who North America. So you can always check that out. And we'll always put the events there and you can see what's going on with that. So Ooh. lots of most active this this is really really scratched nh people can bookmark that and, and hit you up probably got whatever it is that you're looking for throughout the decades of doctor who's long history in merchandise he's probably got it nestled somewhere on one of those beautifully clean shelves that we saw on that tour that was very kind of you to show us through your store like that we'll make sure that there are all of the links to, to find Keith and who and I and everything that he gets up to. They'll be in the, the show notes to the podcast and the description to the video track to on YouTube. So you'll be left in no doubt. We like to make sure we do some of the work for you here at Type 40. But that's the, that's the old girl starting up and calling time on another edition of our show. I'll be back with another one soon. Look out for that wherever you found this. It could have been on the dedicated home feed for Type 40. That's at type40.podbean.com. Maybe we rolled up on the podcatcher of your choice. That's uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Google Play, Amazon Music. We're absolutely everywhere. You name it, you can be certain you'll find us somewhere there. We're on, on YouTube, the world's largest streaming platform. And of course, we're still on the fabulous Fandom Podcast Network's Master Feed. That's loaded up with so many treats for your ears. Never mind on the weekly we get it to you on the daily so please consider a trip sideways in time for more quality shows from the fpn there maybe you'd like to have your say about all of this you can reach out to us through our social media on instagram and twitter at type 40 doctor who or email us type 40 doctor who at gmail.com and if you're feeling really brave you can even go and join us in the type 40 facebook group that's full of uh, generations upon regenerations worth of doctor who fans we're there remembering the classic series heading up to that 60th anniversary talking about new doctor who and speculating about what's to come in all new doctor who from the 60th, 60th anniversary moving forward there with our brand new doctor shooty gatwa to take over in 2024 Oh, that's Christmas 2023. So exciting. Those contact details again, Keith. You've got a Twitter handle, Facebook details. Give, give it to them again. Tell yeah, them again. Our, our website is whoanay.com. That's our best place to start. And you will find us on Twitter at whoanay and on Facebook at who North America. And you might even find us on Instagram too. So we're all over. <laughs> got it covered. <laughs> as just, you'll find us. <laughs> it's the same approach to retailing as he does to social media. He's got it all covered. And you can yeah. find me on Twitter and Instagram as the Spacebook, where I'm uh, wheezing and groaning, ranting and raving about all things geeky inside and outside of the TARDIS in, in popular culture, in movies, TV, comics, all that kind of thing, and a little of the everyday life too. I do actually have an everyday life, as surprising as that may sound. But yeah, that's it for this time. JT, thank you for your company. As always, we'll see you, we'll hear you on Type 40 Live again very, very soon, won't we? 
Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and it was great to be here. And Keith, great to be chatting with you. And thank you so much for, for taking you. part in this really special show. I really appreciate it. Enjoyed being with y'all and hope to talk to y'all again soon. Yeah, we're going to hold you to that. We're going to bring you back next right. year. But that's it this time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. We always have the time. If you have the space here at Type 40, speak to you all again soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>